Today I'm going to talk about hunger and the food that sometimes satisfies that hunger. You know, there's been a lot of written about food and its consumption. Andy Rooney told us that the two biggest sellers in any bookstore are cookbooks and diet books. He says the cookbooks tell us how to prepare food, and the diet books tell us how not to eat any of it. Orson Welles once said, My doctor has advised me to give up those intimate dinners for four. Unless, of course, there are three other people dining with me. But today, I'm not going to be talking about physical hunger. I'm going to be talking about spiritual hunger. That is what Jesus is talking about in our scriptural passage from the Gospel according to John. But before we get into the concept of spiritual hunger, we need to look at the context in which Jesus uses those words. Jesus had been healing people with dreaded and serious diseases, turning water into wine. He had just fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And after all that, he appeared to his disciples walking on a storm-tossed sea. Now, you would have thought, after all of that, he would have gotten some credibility from those who were following him. However, what did those crowds ask of Jesus? As recorded in John's Gospel, they asked, What sign are you going to give to us then? so that we may see and believe in you. What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. This statement was in reference, the statement by the crowd was in reference to God's miraculous provision of bread to those that were wandering in the wilderness. It was called manna. In making these statements, it is obvious that despite everything Jesus had done, the crowd was still not satisfied that Jesus was the Messiah, was the Son of God. They wanted another miracle. We've all engaged in similar conduct as the crowds. How many times have we gotten ourselves into one mess or another and said something like, Okay, Jesus. I'm really in trouble this time. But if you give me one more miracle, I promise I will become a great Christian. I promise I will attend church every Sunday. I promise I will participate in all the programs. I'm going to give a ton of money to the neighborhood church. <laughs> I'll do anything for you, Jesus. Just give me another miracle. When we look at our scriptural passage for today in that light, we can begin to see that it was not so unusual for the crowds following Jesus for, for them to ask for another miracle. In effect, they were asking Jesus to pass the bread again, please. At this point, after all that he had said and all that he had done, you can't blame Jesus if he went... Oy vey. What am I going to do with these people that are following me? I'm just going to pack up my message. I'm just going to pack up my teachings, my healings, and my miracles and go back to where I came from. 
But instead, he makes some truly remarkable statements. They are included in our text from the Gospel according to John, read by Rick. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. These are truly remarkable words, and some say they are the greatest words in the gospel according to John and some of the greatest words in the entire New Testament. But what does Jesus mean when he says, I am the bread of life? It is not enough to simply say that's a great poetical phrase. If we take it step by step, we can see that it means so much more. And, of course, there are two parts, bread and life. Now, at the time of Jesus, bread was a staple of everyday life. And in one form or another, that's still true today. Therefore, at the time of Jesus and in many places of the world today, bread is a simply essential to life. Life cannot go on without it. But now we come to the second part of that statement. What is life? What is life? Clearly, the use of the word life by Jesus means more than physical existence. We can all physically exist. True life to Jesus meant to be in a close relationship with God. A close, trusting, faith-based, and loving relationship with God. As we have talked about in the past seven weeks, such a relationship with God is only made possible through a close relationship with Jesus Christ. That is to say, without Jesus in our lives, we may be existing, but we don't have life. Therefore, Jesus is the essential of life. He is truly the bread of life. So we can and should say, please, pass the bread again. The significance of the words used by Jesus for us here in this sanctuary today is that Jesus was addressing the needs of those in the crowd, and he is also addressing the needs of those of us gathered here today. We all have experienced the hunger produced by knowing there is something more to life than we are experiencing. We have a hunger for something more even though we may not know what that something is. Some people describe that hunger as a void, a void inside, a void in their lives, a void that we ourselves make. We may be dedicated to our work. We may work 60, 80 hours a week to make sure our business and we are successful. But the void is there. The hunger is there. 
We may seek to control all the relationships we are in, our marriage, our family, our co-workers, our friends, the students we learn with, and most importantly, ourselves. But the hunger and the void are still there. We may, we may seek to acquire possessions because they are the most important measure of our success in this world. They serve as our identity and identification of who we are. But the hunger and the void are still there. So how do we fill those voids? How do we answer that hunger? I'm going to talk about three steps we may wish to take to deal with that. The first step is to come to know and understand we do have a void and a hunger within us. We may not even know that that is a condition of ourselves. However, unbeknownst to us, we are trying to fill the void and end the hunger with overwork, a false sense of security through attempts at control, an identity of self-worth based on possessions, and so many other types of attempts. But we need to come to know and understand that those pursuits will only make the void greater, will only make the hunger stronger. Then one day, hopefully, it'll hit us. There has to be more to life than what we are living. Those thoughts may come to us as we lie awake in the wee small hours of the morning. They may come to us in the grandeur and expanse of the beauty of nature that God has created. On a mountaintop, on a beach, on the ocean, or in the vastness of the desert. They may also come when we walk into a house of the Lord, like this house, Neighborhood Church. They may come to us when all the frantic activity we have engaged in to unconsciously fill that void. To end that hunger wears our bodies down to the point where we just can't do it anymore. Then, as when we have finally discovered, we know there is a void and we know there is a hunger within us. The second step is to come to realize that Jesus is waiting, willing, and wants to fill that void, and wants to end that hunger. To do so, he wants to lead us to a relationship with God. All we have to do is ask. Ask to have Jesus in our lives. You know, Jesus is right here. He's right beside each and every one of us right now. As he says, ask and it shall be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Therefore, we can ask Jesus to pass the bread again, please. The third step is that after we welcome Jesus within us, we come to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Actually, the word relationship is woefully inadequate. 
We come to have a complete faith and trust in Jesus. We are no longer the center of our lives. Jesus is. We no longer control our lives. Jesus does. We no longer need to search for food to fill a void within us. The food is already ours. All the food we'll ever need to sustain and nourish us. Once we have taken these three steps, we can then come to understand Jesus when he says, I am the bread of life. Jesus was saying to the crowd, and he's saying to us, that he is the sustenance, the sustenance of life. And that he is all that is needed for true life with God. You know, physical hunger returns no matter how much bread or food we eat. Jesus is saying he alone can completely remove real hunger from within us. By doing so, he is directing us from the material things of this world, such as work, control, acquiring possessions, and instead directing us to the spiritual, to God. Jesus is saying, have faith in him, have a deep-seated faith in him, in our hearts and deep down in our being, in our souls. That all of his teachings and promises are true, and that we can rely on them in the living of our lives. We can trust Jesus to eliminate the hunger and the void that has lived within us for so very long. You see, Jesus knows his audience, whether it was the crowd he was speaking to or whether it is those of us here today. We can all relate to the need for food. Food, or more specifically bread, serves no purpose unless it is consumed. Then it serves to nourish and give us energy for our bodies. Perhaps, perhaps, Jesus is telling us that if we truly bring him within us and into the lives we live, we will transform those lives from the inside out. We must go beyond just the knowledge of Jesus to experience the Jesus we know within us, in our hearts and in our souls. We must not have a religion about Jesus, but of Jesus. We must bring Jesus from our minds into our hearts and into our souls. Today, we have the privilege of joining together to participate in the sacrament of communion. I will soon say, through the broken bread, we participate in the body of Christ. Through the physical gesture of eating a small piece of bread, we, symbol Jesus, we symbolize Jesus Christ entering into us, entering into our hearts and to our souls, entering into us to be alive within us, entering into us so we can fill the void and end the hunger, enter within to give meaning and purpose to our lives. So today, especially today,
we can say, pass the bread again, please. Join me in meaningfully saying those words. We can, we can say, pass the bread again, please. Once more. Pass the bread again, please. That is what Jesus is looking for. And that is what we can bring into our lives. Amen.